Today is July 15th, 2021. In our first story, the U.S. may be closer to collapse than ever before. A new poll shows over 35% of people in the U.S. want secession and for their region to break apart from the United States. When it came to the Revolutionary War, it was only between 40 and 45% that wanted independence. And with escalating tensions in the culture war, we could be headed in that direction. Our next story, Black Lives Matter has issued an official statement supporting the communist regime of Cuba and condemning the US. And in our last story, The Guardian has published unconfirmed reports that seem highly dubious, stating that the Russians view Trump as an asset. They have compromise on Trump. And I'm just going to stop. This is insane. Are they really doing the same Russia narrative they did five years ago that proved to be bunk? Yes. Here we go again. Now, if you like this show, please leave a good review. Give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. A shocking new poll shows that 47% of West Coast Democrats and 66% of Southern Republicans want to secede from the United States. Now, this poll does show several different regions, and I think they kind of miss the bigger picture here. When you account for all of the regions and all of the political parties, it comes out to just about 35% of this country wanting it to break apart in some fashion. The polls are by region, so it doesn't translate perfectly, but basically almost every region has at least one third support from their people of breaking apart from the United States. It runs deepest in the South, where 44% of Southerners want to secede from the Union. Of course, the media is taking this and they're laughing, calling the South Confederates and likening it up to the Civil War, but they're all missing the bigger picture. The revolution, the American Revolution. How many, what, what, what percent of the colonists do you think actually supported the revolution? Well, it's hard to know for sure. Some, some historians and many say it was a third and they cite this letter from John Adams, but that's probably not correct because he was referencing something else. So many people have said the estimates we usually get are around 40 to 45% in favor of independence from the crown, uh, a revolution and independence from Great Britain. They say about 10 or 15% were loyalists and the rest were kind of just leave me alone. But there is a lot missing from this equation. And it's the ratio of politically active people to politically inactive people and population size. During the American Revolution, there were 2.5 million colonists. So you were kind of forced to be political active in a lot of ways, though a lot of people most still many weren't. Today, we have 328 million people in the United States. So it's an entirely different picture. We've heard from a lot of people talking about the idea of peaceful divorce, peaceful divorce in this country, balkanization before something bad happens. I don't think we will get peaceful divorce. But when I look at this data, I look at the statements from Joe Biden, which are absolutely shocking. One statement where he said it doesn't matter so much who votes, but more so who counts the vote, which is a shocking thing to say. The system is broken if that's the case. But you see these statements and it shows at least I, I would say, I would say it, 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 in my opinion, the left isn't going to win. The right isn't going to win. The United States will simply balkanize, break apart. And I think we've got data that backs, data that backs this up. Shockingly, in the, mid, in the Midwest, they call it the heartland in this poll, 
not necessarily just the Midwest, because it's a different, you know, they, they, they structure it a little weird. It's mostly independent voters who want to secede. But the numbers are huge. Now, we've seen calls for secession in Oregon. You have several counties in eastern Oregon, which are Republican, voting to secede from the state and join Idaho. Several, um, there's a big move in Northern California for the state of Jefferson or joining greater Idaho. People are not happy where they are. So when you see 47% of West Coast Dems saying they want to secede, keep in mind at the county level, things are very different and there's probably a lot of support internally. So what happens if they say they want to secede and the East Coast says, no way? Yeah. You get chaos. And let's not forget, it was John Podesta who reportedly said, and this is a DNC, big DNC guy, big Democrat, reportedly said that should Donald Trump win in 2020, the West Coast should secede from the union. This was reported by the Boston Globe. Ignore this at your own peril. A new report has come out suggesting or outright stating, I should say, that an MIT prediction from 1972 is in fact correct. Society will collapse by 2040 due to economic constraint and population decreasing and things like that. And it seems like they were right this whole time. I want to show you the things that Joe Biden has been saying, because he's certainly not acting like a president of the United States. He's acting like a president of these Democrat states. And if you and there, I'll tell you this, too, there's some things I can't say on YouTube. But you take a look at the sentiment across the country. You take a look at the new reporting coming out from Tucker Carlson out of Georgia. Do you really think we are moving towards stability or not? Joe Biden said we are currently facing the greatest threat since the Civil War. He said the insurrectionists on January 6th were worse than the, than the Confederates because the Confederates never made it to the Capitol. If that's how he views large portions of this country, in fact, maybe even 75 million voters, he's already said, the we he refers to and talks about this country is not red states. And, I, and I'll get more into that. But we got to read this poll first. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com to become a member, help support my work, help us expand, hire more journalists, launch more shows, help us build culture. As a member, you get access to our members area, which has a ton of exclusive members only podcasts and will actually have articles, many, many more shows to come. I believe the new, uh, we, our current soft launch target is this Monday, this next coming Monday, to launch the new website. It's going to be fantastic. And from there, new shows, more content, more value, more bang for your buck, but more importantly, more journalists. We're going to be hiring more reporters. We've got some interviews coming up this weekend. We already have, I think, like six or seven people on our writing staff. It's going to be legit. And with your support, we can do it. Help us fight back against the lies in the mainstream press. Keeping in mind, I still use the mainstream press. I just have to dig through and fact check most of these articles and toss out the ones that are falsely framed or broken. And I think we're going to have an easier go of that on our own website than me constantly just doing it all day, every day. Plus, we're going to hire fact checkers. So don't forget, like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this video right now. That's the best thing you can do. We're trying to overcome censorship. We're trying to get the word out. We're trying to explain to people what's happening. I am not making this video to be hyper partisan or anything like that. Most of you probably know my bias is certainly not with the Democrats. I think they're awful. I think they're authoritarian. But perhaps you are someone who is politically independent, or maybe you're a Democrat or a leftist individual and you stumbled upon this video. I'm simply going to show you sentiment and what's been happening in this country that suggests we may be moving towards a complete break apart of this country. Now, I'm not saying it's definitive. I'm not saying it absolutely will happen. I'm saying these are signs it's possible. And we may be moving towards this, 
But again, not a hard prediction. Still, information you should have and then come to your own conclusions. Newsweek reports 47% of West Coast Dems, 66% of Southern Republicans want to secede from the U.S. They say two thirds of Southern Republicans say they support breaking away from the U.S. and forming their own country with nearby states, while nearly half of Democrats on the West Coast would do the same. A 66% of majority, uh, a 66% majority of Republicans in 13 states, they're repeating themselves. Let's move on. Support for forming a breakaway country reached 47% among Democrats in California, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, and Hawaii. One third of West Coast independents, or 33%, were in favor of, of its secession. Newswick, come on, guys. They go on, you know what? I'm just going to show you the chart because they very much are just repeating themselves. Support has increased significantly across the board since the same question was asked in a Brightline Watch poll from February, when only 50% of Southern Republicans wanted to leave the union, 16% less. Data analyst Christopher Ingram described the poll results as the most disturbing data point he had recently seen on Twitter. In a post on his Substack online newsletter, Ingram noted, that many of those who express support for secession may be expressing support to indicate partisan loyalties rather than support for a potential new civil war. That is an opinion which I find to be kind of absurd. Why would you even say that? It's not the question that was asked. No, people are, are, are getting mad. Let me pull up the, the, this image right here. For those that are listening, let me explain. Secession. Support for seceding from the U.S. to form a new regional union. There is the Pacific region, which is Oregon, Washington, California, Alaska, and Hawaii. 47% of Democrats in this region said yes. 33% of independents, yes. 27% of Republicans agreed. Overall, 39% of the people in these areas agree with seceding. That is the low end, just below the low end, for how many people we believe wanted revolution in the colonies. Keep that in mind. These are the politically active people, the, one who are the ones who are voting, who are making the decisions. The people who don't know, don't care. They don't go out and vote. Some would probably vote against it. But this is significant. You also need to understand that 47% Democrats does not mean just, just around twice as many Republicans. There are substantially more Democrats in this region than Republicans. So this is substantive. In the mountain region, 32% support secession. In the heartland, 30% support secession. In the northeast, 34%. And in the south, 44%. Now, this is completely unsurprising. In the south, it includes Texas and Florida, two states that defied Joe Biden's plan with COVID lockdowns. And when Joe Biden came out, I know I, know I mentioned this a lot, but this is very important in this context. And he said, we may need more lockdowns. He wasn't talking about the south. He wasn't talking about red states. He was talking about New York, California, Chicago, or I should say Illinois. He was talking about the blue states. Joe Biden very much does not view Republicans as we the people or, or, or as, as us. When he says we are facing the greatest threat since the Civil War, he's talking about Republicans. I'm not exaggerating. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. 
And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Now, I want to show you a few things, just some context. May 19th, Oregon counties vote to secede to Idaho. Sentiment for breaking apart has already been happening. During the election, we had a 48 state lawsuit where they were fighting over uh, the, the state's abilities to change voting laws and stuff like that. I mean, the states were split against each other and it ultimately got dismissed. But it, it doesn't just end there. You don't sit there and be like, oh, the judge said no. All right, carry on. What's the next thing we're doing? Baking cookies. No, 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 no. The people still wanted it. That's why they made those moves. Check this out. Texas Republicans endorse legislation to allow vote on secession from the U.S. from February. Now, this failed. The Oregon secession likely won't go anywhere because you need congressional approval and state approval. And like Oregon would give up territory. But it shows many people are actually starting to, with words and policy, demand secession. Here's Joe Biden, the National Review. Biden labels GOP voting laws greatest threat to American democracy since civil war. This um, this should be the biggest indicator. Again, may, maybe you like Joe Biden. Let's OK, by all means, you like Joe Biden and um, maybe you agree with what he's saying. What's your proposal to deal with the, the GOP when they're coming out outright saying we must do this? The GOP says we need these laws. We cannot have the lax voting policies of the pandemic persisting indefinitely. We have given many people options for voting because it was a pandemic. Well, we want to wind those down. Joe Biden says that's the greatest threat since the Civil War. If you agree with them, how would you deal with 75 million voters and potentially more than that who vote Republican when it comes to these policies? The greatest threat since the Civil War is the Republican voting laws. He also said that insurrectionists were worse than the Confederacy. I mentioned that. There was a tweet. I think it was uh, from Vosh, the renowned leftist on YouTube. And he said something like either these people, uh, he said something about these people need to be removed or something like that because you can't function with them in society. We've heard people express similar things. How do you have a functioning government when people just adamantly disagree on their worldview and they can't tell what's true or what's false? That's it. We're not arguing policy anymore. It's over. There was a point where being a Democrat meant, uh, you know, you wanted pro-choice and being a Republican meant you were pro-life. And for the most part, we were like, we're Americans. We support America. But this policy must change. Now, what are we arguing about? I should have the right to vote this way. No, you can't vote that way. We're not arguing policy anymore. We're literally arguing over who gets to control the system. National Review. Speaking from the National Constitution Center in Philadelphia on Tuesday, President Biden forcefully condemned the wave of election integrity laws recently passed in red states. Of course, Democrats said it's voter suppression, calling the laws an assault on the right to vote 
and the most significant threat to the U.S. since the Civil War. There is, quote, an unfolding assault taking place in America today, an attempt to suppress and subvert the right to vote, Biden said. We're facing the most significant test of our democracy since the Civil War. That's not hyperbole, since the Civil War. What do you think that means? When Republican states are passing laws, they say to secure their election. The Democrats say they are passing laws to secure their elections. Both accuse the other of violating the rights of their citizenry. Both are arguing over the system and not the policy. Why? Because we do not view ourselves as part of the same America. This is true. It exists. The divide is real. It's not a joke. It doesn't matter if you believe in it, if you feel it or not. Joe Biden has said what Republicans support and are proposing is a bigger threat than the Civil War or the biggest threat since the Civil War. He goes on to talk about the insurrectionists. Look at this. The Confederates back then never breached the Capitol, as insurrectionists did on January. Biden said, extending the Civil War analogy. I'm not saying this to alarm you. I'm saying this because you should be alarmed. And you should be. Throughout the speech, Biden sought to tie the election integrity laws recently passed in Republican-led states like Georgia to the Capitol riot. I'd like to show you a quote from Joe Biden. This is from the WhiteHouse.gov briefing room transcripts. He says, while everyone claps. Well, actually, I'm sorry. I'll start. I'll, I'll back up. The 21st century Jim Crow assault is real. It's unrelenting. And we're going to challenge it vigorously. While while this broad assault, he said, well, twice because people clapped. This broad assault against voting rights is not unprecedented. It's taking on a new and literally pernicious forms. It's no longer, this is a quote from Joe Biden, it's no longer just about who gets to vote or making it easier for eligible voters to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote, who gets to count whether or not your vote counted at all. It's about moving from independent election administrators who work for the people to polarized state legislatures and partisan actors who work for political parties. To me, this is simple. This is election subversion. It's the most dangerous threat to voting and the integrity of free and fair elections in our history. Never before have they decided who gets to count, count, what votes count. Literally, you did that. They do it all the time. It's called adjudication. It's called signature verification. Is Joe Biden proposing that no matter what, every single vote, regardless of where it comes from, is counted? How can we function that way? It is. The Democrats repeatedly said, count all the votes. And Republicans responded with count all the real votes, implying that some weren't or more importantly, there's a process. If you don't have your address on it, we can't verify it. We have voter security for a reason. I'm in favor of securing our elections. I agree with John Stewart that people need to have some tie to the community when it comes to voting. Almost, uh, Stewart almost said service guarantees citizenship like Starship Troopers. And he's on the left or maybe used to be. Who knows what they'll say about him now? But the Democrats think there should be no one who determines whether or not a vote is correctly done, legitimate or otherwise. If it comes in, it's good. Even if it clearly looks strange, that is stripping away 100% of election security. Why would Joe Biden propose that after we went through all this stuff with Russia? Don't ask me. But again, maybe you found this video and, and you, you are a Democrat and you agree with Joe Biden. You think I'm wrong, but that's fine. 
What would you say to the Republicans who are refusing to allow you down this path? You can say they're evil and they want to suppress the vote. By all means, go ahead and say it. What do you do with 75 million Trump voters? Do you just call them evil and walk away? I don't know. They're going to vote. And their states are going to pass these laws. The Democrats had no power in Texas. They could only flee the state. And they got support from Democrats at the federal level. So what do you do? Perhaps the end result is going to be more sentiment towards breaking apart. I pulled this up on Reddit. It's an interesting uh, thread. What percentage of American colonists were in favor of independence? A lot of people seem to think it's a third because of this uh, letter from John, John Adams. I've actually read this multiple times, but it seems that it's actually between 40 and 55 percent. Now, this is just an Ask Historians post. In the actual uh, academic literature, Robert Calhoun says between 40 and 45 percent of the white population in the 13 colonies supported the Patriots' cause. Supported the Patriots' cause does not mean actively fought. Keep that in mind. 15 and 20 percent were loyalists, and the remainder kept a, a, you know, a low profile. Now, think back to that, uh, that, that chart. 44% in the South, 50% of independents, 66% of Republicans, and 20% of Democrats want to secede. That is near the higher end of the historical view of how many people wanted to declare independence. Now, the South has tried to secede from the Union before, creating their own country, essentially declaring independence, but they failed because, as Ulysses S. Grant said, we have paid blood and treasure to admit you into the union. You can't just leave. There is a debt owed. And a lot of people keep saying things like states can't secede. The Constitution doesn't allow it. Blah, 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 blah. I don't think Parliament allowed the colonies to secede either. I don't think they had the legal authority to declare independence. But legal authority is relatively meaningless. It's about the people who can, who can assert and then win. Fortunately for the, for the British colonists at the time, when the United States declared independence, we actually thought we were going to lose. But the French intervened and created such a headache for the British, they ultimately got routed and said, it's just not worth it. Does that mean something like this will happen in the U.S.? Well, let me tell you something. The fracturing of these regions, of which there are five, is not the same as one you know, region breaking away from the crown. The Commonwealth remained mostly intact and the colonies broke away. In this instance, imagine if, I mean, this is the entire country splitting into five parts. Now, will that actually happen? No, I don't think so. Will the South secede? Probably not in the way people would think. I don't think we're coming to a point where the South is going to have a, a regional convention and then declare that they are, you know, once again seceding or something like that. I don't think that would actually pass in a referendum or a vote. Keep in mind, in the Civil War, the states didn't put up to a popular vote. It was the state representatives who ultimately voted to secede. However, with the continual expansion of, uh, well, I, I, escalation, I should say, of the rhetoric from Democrats and Republicans alike, regardless of who you think is right or wrong, of course, I think there is one side that is more correct than the other. I believe more in, in individual freedoms and, and personal liberty, even though I am, you know, left-leaning in policy, like universal health care and things like that, and government paid social programs towards parental leave and things like that. I ultimately find myself more interested in personal responsibility. So I don't think we can mandate these things and force people to pay for these programs. I would just advocate for them. And if my argument works, hey, people agree and we, we pass these things. That's called left libertarian. But the Democrats are left authoritarian. They're ideologically driven. 
Now, uh, I'm sure there may be some Democrats who say I completely disagree. Of course, I'm just explaining to you what my bias is. And by all means, you're free to disagree. How do we function in the same country when we will never (laughs) agree with each other? We both view each other as completely wrong. The left would call me far right. I mentioned Vosh actually on my show. He said I was far right. And I'm like, but I support leftist economic policy. How am I far right? It's weird, isn't it? Because it's about tribe. Whose side are you on? Do you support the machine or not? Now, if these regions break apart, that rips the federal government apart because the federal government is a creation of sovereign states. I can't tell you exactly what will happen, but I so so I want to put it this way. I don't see it as Texas and Florida and Tennessee or whatever having a meeting and saying, I hereby declare we are seceding once again. Uh, That's not going to happen. Check out this story from Vice. MIT predicted in 1972 that society will collapse this century. New research shows we're on schedule. They say the MIT study predicted that rapid economic growth would lead to societal collapse in the mid 21st century. A new paper shows we're unfortunately right on schedule. The estimated time frame is, I believe, 2040. A remarkable new study by a director at one of the largest accounting firms in the world has found that a famous decades old warning from MIT uh, based on, you know, is civilization collapsing appears to be accurate. As the world looks forward to a rebound in economic growth following the pandemic, the research raises urgent questions about the risks of attempting to simply return to the pre-pandemic normal. Perhaps this is why there is the great reset, because we saw what MIT predicted. We've seen the fourth turning predicted. We've seen Thucydides' trap predicted, and they're panicking. We got to do something else. It's almost like you see a movie where someone comes back from the future, and they're like, the robots take over, and they're desperately trying to figure out what to do to stop that future from happening. Kind of feels like that, right? Well, regardless of what happens in the future, I'll put it this way. Or I should say, regardless of whether or not society collapses, whether, whether this is right or wrong, I will say, if things do start destabilizing in any way, not towards collapse, but just rocky road, then it becomes harder and harder for this country to stay together. Society may not collapse in, in, in a way that we end up like in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, but it could collapse in a lighter way that tensions between states become so severe. Tensions between Democrats and Republicans become so severe that ultimately cooperation just ends. That's it. It doesn't have to be a great vote. It doesn't have to be a great war. It doesn't even have to be a peaceful divorce, just a gradual collapsing of several bridges between these regions. And then eventually you have certain states saying like, we don't actually do deals with these other places. Or you might have New York saying, we're not going to let people in if they're not vaccinated. Texas says we are not uh, mandating uh, vaccinations. So then Texas has, uh, I'm sorry. So then New York has to put up border barriers. Gradually over time, you just end up with a balkanized United States. That may be, that may be the, the, the actual reality. I want to tell you about some of the things that have happened because, um, I think this shows the country is is on the verge of that collapse. What could precipitate states saying no and barring the federal government? First, we have this story from Cincinnati.com. Immigrant advocates discuss Sheriff Jones dropping ICE contract. They say Butler County Sheriff Richard Jones announced that uh, this is back in May, that he he notified ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Enforcement, that effective immediately his jail will not be accepting any ICE detainees and will be terminating the contract, which he has held since 2003 to house them in the future. Why? Well, what they were saying is that the federal government would be like, hey, here are some illegal immigrants, detain them. 
And then once they did, they go, now release them. And they would effectively just start releasing these illegal immigrants into their communities. And finally, the sheriffs are like, we're not going to do this anymore. You're just shuffling people to where we live. Then you have this story. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Tucker Carlson reports Biden administration using Texas Air Force Base to secretly transport illegal immigrants. Well, that's Tucker. But this story actually came out, I believe, over a month ago. Whistleblowers and video got released showing that Joe Biden was human trafficking migrant children to various states, some red states. Tennessee representatives were outraged when they found out the Biden admin was smuggling human beings into their state dropping them off in random community centers and areas like churches. Do you think that the states will just allow Joe Biden to do these things? Or will do you think they'll eventually start putting up checkpoints at airports? So when the plane lands, they say, who are you and what are you doing here? And then they say, passport, please. Why? Because Joe Biden is transporting non-citizens into their states. So you don't have a passport check when you're flying domestically. But what happens if Biden, well, what happens now that Biden is doing this? I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee passed a law within the next several years, maybe, maybe not, and says we're going to do a document check, not a passport, but an ID to prevent this. Um, and it, it, maybe not if they're, if they're using Air Force Base and they're using government, you know, federal government planes, then it's going to have to be wherever that plane lands. When people are coming off and entering back into the airport, they say, and please show me your ID. And there will be border checkpoints at the airports. That also means they'll have to put up border checkpoints at the highways into and out of the state. This will be this, the path towards the U.S. completely breaking up. Keep, with that in mind, the, the, the prospect of a, a political pressure which creates an involuntary secession, you also have the willpower. That, that is, combine these things with the fact that many people already want their region to secede and you'll eventually get a bunch of people just saying, yeah, 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 more barriers, more borders, more barriers, more borders. We want, okay, we only accept these IDs now. Passport's not good enough. You need to prove you're from this place. Plus with the vaccine passport that Joe Biden said he'll be, he'll, he will be supporting from the private sector. Imagine what's going to happen when a trucker comes to New York. They're going to have to stop the trucker and say, have you been vaccinated? And the trucker's saying no. And they're like, turn it around. You can't come in. So then truckers from certain states won't go to other states. Eventually, you get balkanization. That's where we're headed. We've got the expansion of federal authorities. We've got the expansion of Joe Biden going after people on the right. The Democrats are fighting. The left is fighting. The Republicans aren't. 
Some are, many regular people, but not in an organized way. AmericanMilitaryNews.com reports Capitol Police to use Army surveillance gear to monitor Americans and identify emerging threats. That sounds like a, a violation of the First and Fourth Amendments. Probably a bunch of other ones, mind you. Why, is the, why are the Capitol Police going to be monitoring Americans? I think the reality is when you hear what Joe Biden said, that the GOP and their laws that they propose, which they support and their voters support, it's the biggest threat since the Civil War. He's saying the Republican Party is. Now he is going to use federal authority, Capitol Police, to surveil political opponents. The people on the left think that January 6th was the worst attack since the Civil War. Joe Biden has said it over and over again. Not every single person on the left, but enough of them. The people on the right say that it was bad, it was a riot, but it was not much more. Many people peacefully walked in and had no idea what was going on, and now they're being arrested. That's right. Joe Biden is exerting as much federal power as he can to go after people, many of whom did nothing. And I mean it. A trespass. Okay, fine. In one instance, there's a video of a man who like walks in from you, uh, walks into an open door being held open by cops and then looks around. He has his hands in his pockets. They're charging him. There was a woman where the cops opened the door for her on video. They're charging her as well. They raided the home of a woman in Alaska who wasn't even in the building. Joe Biden is stopping at nothing to use the power he has in federal government to go after his political opponents. The question is, are the people who are acting at the behest of Joe Biden all Biden supporters? Or is it possible many of them are going to say, I don't like this and eventually stop? And what happens then if you have some FBI agents who are not on board with this authoritarianism and they just say outright like, I'm not doing this one and start defying federal orders because it's crossing the line? What happens if Joe Biden orders some federal law enforcement to do something and they say that crosses the line? We won't do that. And then they stop obeying the chain of command. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. But I'm not surprised to see the sentiment is rising. And that's the fact. Whether it's Republican or Democrat or independent, sentiment in favor of secession has been growing for some time. So what can you do? I'd stay away from cities, Um, big cities. Small cities are mostly fine. Personally, I moved out to the middle of nowhere. We have our own little garden we're setting up and we grow tons of vegetables. We got too many carrots, man. Too many. We grew too many carrots. We should grow other stuff. But the harvest has been bountiful. And we are grateful for our chickens and our tomatoes and cucumbers and zucchinis and all that good stuff. Take some responsibility for your life and your survival and for your family. And don't sit back and rely on a government that is, that is in chaos. There was a report we saw recently that the Navy has prioritized diversity training over combat training. How can our American Navy actually function if that's the case? Destabilization is happening now. So... We'll see how things play out. But there, there are some pros and cons. I'd say I mostly worry about this because I fear China taking over. They've already got three or four times as many people as we do, and they're growing in influence and technology. However, it's also possible that instead of having one U.S. army or, or military, you have five if the country really breaks up. And what I mean by that is all of these regions are going to start pumping out weapons, and it's, we're already armed to the teeth. Yeah. May you live in interesting times, to put it mildly. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. You are not wrong. You are not crazy. You are actually witnessing the gradual takeover of these United States by communist elements. 
And I know it sounds a bit absurd to say, but that's kind of the point. They want it to seem absurd. They want regular people to ignore this. You are a frog in a pot and the temperature is slowly increasing. They want it to sound absurd, but it's the truth. I know we can look back at history and see McCarthyism and all these, the the Red Scare and things like that, but it is literally happening slowly but surely. The latest news, Black Lives Matter is blaming the United States over what's happening in Cuba. There are activists online, leftists saying things like the U.S. is interfering with the Cuban people and their right to choose their own government. I didn't realize that in a dictatorship, you had a voice and a choice in uh, who was going to be leading the country. You don't. Cuba is a communist authoritarian dictatorship. It is not the United States' fault that they are having problems. We do not owe them anything, but you can see the corrupt rot at the core of Black Lives Matter in the statement they released about Cuba. The idea that the problem with Cuba is not their own failures as a communist country, but that the United States won't give them free stuff. That one, to me, truly incredible. And when Jen Psaki was asked about the people in Cuba who are revolting, who are saying, we will not stand by, who are in revolt, I'll put it that way, because revolt has multiple definitions, but the people in Cuba who are in revolt, saying no to communist dictatorship, what does Jen Psaki say? She won't say communism. Joe Biden said COVID. The media said COVID. And now Reuters is putting out a story saying these these protesters opposing communism run the risk of spreading COVID. Man, you know, there's a lot of people who seem to think that the U.S. would love to just storm into Cuba and take it over and wipe out the scourge that is communism. Perhaps that's what that would have been true 10, 20 years ago. You've got the mayor of Miami saying airstrikes should be on the table. But you take a look at what the federal government's doing what the prominent leftist establishment wants. And you can clearly see, my friends, this country is already split in two. Who does Joe Biden represent as the president of the United States? When he comes out and says earlier this year, we need to have more lockdowns. And you've probably heard me say it. Even though Texas and Florida were already reopened, he clearly wasn't talking about you. He wasn't talking to you. He wasn't talking to... Texas or Florida or these other red states. I mean, these are large populous states. So who is Joe Biden talking to and who is he talking to now? That's right. Joe Biden is talking to the people who voted for him and no one else. He's not a president that is trying to actively represent everybody. No, he represents a divided nation. That's about it. So when you see elements of the Biden administration and the left defending Cuba or downplaying what the communists do, yeah, It's a big change from where America was, say, 40, 50 years ago, right? That's because we are being slowly but surely taken over. I want to read for you what Black Lives Matter said, but I want to make one point. You need to check out the graphic novel, I Am Legend. You may have seen the movie. The movie was bad. I don't like it. I Am Legend. What does it really mean? If you're not familiar in the movie, it's like there's a mutant zombie apocalypse or whatever. In the graphic novel, it's basically about vampires and a vampire hunter. The vampire hunter is trying to stop the spread of vampirism. So he goes around staking the vampires through the heart, you know, and they die. He lurks around in the day while they're sleeping and he takes them out. But eventually the vampire uh, vampirism 
keeps spreading. More and more people are being turned into vampires. Eventually, they capture the vampire hunter and they put him in jail. And they want to try him for crimes against vampire kind. And in the end, he looks out the window. And the point of it is, once everyone became a vampire, he became the monster that, that, that kids would tell each other at night, these, the, the monster in these stories, that he would lurk around while they slept and, and secretly kill people and their loved ones. You see, if you have 100 people and one person is a vampire, the 99 say, stop the vampire. But if that vampire spreads and all of a sudden 99 people are vampires, they say, stop the vampire hunter. And you've lost your society. That's basically what's happening here in the United States. As more and more young people are being converted into communists, eventually you won't matter. That's right. We can sit here all day and night, but if we don't speak to young people and young people don't push back, it won't matter. But I'll tell you what you need to realize. Even young conservatives and young uh, moderates or anti-SJW, anti-CRT, whatever, these individuals are still particularly progressive. That's right. I mean, look, I've got a, a decently large channel and large audience, thanks to all of you who are watching, but I'm not a, a conservative, yet they still call me right wing, even though I'm like, I think we should have universal health care. And they're like, that's a right wing position. You get it? In 10 years, they're going to claim I'm far right. I mean, they already kind of do. So what happens, what happens then in actuality in 10 years? There's going, that's the joke. Republicans will eventually be socialists. That is the pressure they are applying because conservatives don't fight. The William F. Buckley quote we saw, we, Jack Posobiec mentioned yesterday on IRL, that the conservatives are the people who, who say to his, you know, in history say, stop. That's not fighting for anything. That's just you standing in front of a steamroller as Austin Powers is slowly inching towards you and you just scream. Eh, you could get out of the way or you could actually maybe try and figure out a way to stop the steamroller. Is that what it's called, steamrolling? You, 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 I was just watching Austin Powers. Netflix recommended it. But you know that scene where he's like in the really slow moving steamroller and then uh, the dude is standing like 200 feet away going, no, that's basically what's happening. Fox News, Black Lives Matter blames U.S. praises Cuban regime. Social media erupts. The BLM tweet was sent out at about the time the Cuban president Miguel Diaz-Canal admitted that his government's failures played a role in the protests. Hey, good for him, I suppose. A smart move that a lot of these dictators did not realize. Now, here's what you should do. Go to TimCast.com, become a member, like, like this video, share this video, show this to your friends and family. I, I probably should say it more on this channel. I don't really. But go to TimCast.com. We are, we are going to be launching the, 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 the date we have right now is sometime next week, maybe Monday. Hopefully there's probably going to be some bugs, but the new site is fantastic. We got a ton of writers. It's going to be amazing. You're going to love it. And with your support as members, we can fight back against this censorship and we can start building culture because I want to explain something to you. And we're going to I got this quote right here from Black Lives Matter. I'll read. But I want to express I want to, I want to stress. You saw what I said about the kids. If you do not inspire young people and teach them, then you don't exist. This is true for everything. This is true for sports. If you can't get young people to come out and engage in your cultural activities, be it painting or surfing or skateboarding, then in 20 years, there is no sport anymore. Just a bunch of old people reminiscing about the glory days. So what are we doing? At TimCast.com, 
We have the Cast Castle vlog, youtube.com slash Cast Castle. Shenanigans, not it, there's maybe 0.1% political, if it is, doing backflips off of ramps on scooters, just having fun, filming the stuff we do for fun because we want to inspire young people to do cool things. That's what we're working on. And we're working on a mysteries podcast, a culture review podcast like entertainment stuff. We're talking about doing a weekly D&D podcast where a lot, a lot of podcasts, but some of it's visual. You know, we're doing like videos, we're doing shows, we're doing field reporting, mini docs. We're going to build culture to push back on this. Here's what Black Lives Matter said. BLM on Instagram, verified 4.5 million followers, says Black Lives Matter condemns the U.S. federal government's inhumane treatment of Cubans and urges it to immediately lift the economic embargo. This cruel and inhumane policy instituted with the explicit intention of destabilizing the country and undermining Cubans' right to choose their own government is at the heart of Cuba's current crisis. Since 1962, the U.S. has forced pain and suffering on the people of Cuba by cutting off food, medicine, and supplies, costing a tiny island nation an estimated $130 billion. I love that. I love that idea that the people of Cuba are not responsible for themselves. Grow your own food, develop your own technology, trade with other countries. Oh no, the U.S. has, has embargoed Cuba. We are not responsible for them. I'm not a big fan of what the U.S. does in a lot of ways. Don't get me wrong with foreign policy. But we, we, no, nobody, we're not, we don't owe Cuba anything. Sorry. They say, uh, without that money, it is harder for Cuba to acquire medical equipment needed to develop its own COVID-19 vaccines and equipment for food production. This comes in spite of the country's strong medical care and history of lending doctors and nurses to disasters around the world. You know what, you know what I just want to say? This is really fascinating. Um, the people of Cuba are protesting. They're saying down with dictatorship. They don't get to choose their leaders. And maybe the U.S. plays a role. Maybe the people of Cuba are saying, dude, just trade with the U.S. already. I mean, the U.S. doesn't like communist dictatorship and the people don't. So they're probably like, What's, what, what do we lose? You get rid of the dictators, you get rid of the communism, and the U.S. reopens trade? Fine. Why does, does Black Lives Matter and, and, and why do these communists believe that the U.S. should be forced to do trade with Cuba. They say the people of Cuba are being punished by the U.S. government because the country has maintained its commitment to sovereignty and self-determination. U.S. leaders have tried to crush this revolution for decades. Instead of international amity, respect, and goodwill, the U.S. government has only instigated suffering for the country's 11 million people, of which 4 million are black and brown. Hmm. You have a country that violently, uh, what, Che Guevara and Fidel Castro, racist homophobes, and the U.S. is like, we're not going to do business with you. And we're and, and that's final. And Black Lives Matter thinks we should be forced to do business with them. And it's our fault. Cuba has historically demonstrated solidarity with oppressed peoples of African descent, from protecting black revolutionaries like Asada Shakur through granting her asylum to supporting black liberation struggles in Angola, Mozambique, Guinea Bissau and South Africa. Now we look to President Biden to end the embargo, something Barack Obama called for in 2016. This embargo is a blatant human rights violation, and it must come to an end. That's right. Your stuff should be our stuff. That's a great motto, and it's exactly what you'd expect from communists, people who don't do work. One of my favorite quotes from a Twitter communist was, we should arrest all of the billionaires, send them to the gulag to break rocks so they can learn what hard work really means. As if that Twitterati moron ever actually did any hard work. No, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are a lot of communists 
who have done hard work. I mean, actually, if you Soviet Union and China, the slave labor of the people in these communist countries, yeah, they definitely do hard work. What I mean is these American leftist activists who blindly support communist countries, they don't do hard work. They've probably never lifted a heavy object in their lives. They're not responsible for their own food production and their own security. They think you should give to them. Incredible. They go to the farms. They take the food. The farmer works so hard. To, and then what do they do? Look at North Korea. It's a caste system, basically. I just learned this recently after I interviewed Yanmi Park on Timcast IRL. She was saying, basically, it's you've got you know the, the, the higher class people who live in the cities and then the lower class people who do the farm work. And it's it's feudalistic. It's it's just authoritarian and uh, serfdom, indentured servitude, etc. Capitalism, the, the American corporatist structure. It's really bad. But you know what I don't want? Corpianism. Yes, that's right. Corporation based communism, which is exactly what's happening here in the United States. Of course, there are elements of communists, uh, you know, in the U.S. You've got uh, Black Lives Matter, trained Marxists. You've got critical race theory based on, Mar- based on Marxist ideology. You've got these activists who want equal outcome, not opportunity. You have those elements. But what's really happening is corpianism. And it's probably not the best word for it, but you get the point. It's a combination of corporate and communism. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have BlackRock and Blackstone, two different companies, similar names, and they are working towards taking away your ability to own property. Now, I believe it's, I think it's BlackRock. I, I, I mix them up, <clears throat> but one of them, I think BlackRock, is actually buying up houses and they're outbidding people so they can't afford them. You'll see a house you want. It's $200,000. You'll be like, I'd like to get a mortgage for that. And then this company pops up and goes, we'll do two fifty. And then you're like, dude, I, I can't afford that. And they're like, too bad. They buy it. And then they're processing them to be rentals. <clears throat> they don't want you to own anything. As they say in the Great Reset, you will own nothing and you will be happy. And that's where we're heading. Uh, the, the other one, I think Blackstone bought a company that specializes in buying properties and renting them out. So there's a, there's a, there's, there's movement happening at the direction. You've got big tech silencing your abilities to uh, shutting down your ability to speak, silencing your opinions, controlling the flow of information. It's incredible. How do you maintain a centralized, a central planning based economy, a command economy? Well, back in the day, it was really difficult for the for the Soviets and for communist China. But communist China figured something out. You got to control the flow of information better. It was really difficult to censor decentralized communications. When people had access to radio or pigeons, I mean, and that was the bulk of communications, it was hard for the Soviets to actually deal with that. What do you do if someone's on a radio somewhere and you can't figure out where it is and they keep saying things that, you know, espouse truth? Now it's not, now it's, it's not so uh, difficult anymore. 
The communists can control the flow of information, remove anyone who opposes them, allow what appears to be dissent, and then you will keep a blind, ignorant population happy because they won't know what's happening. You know, Harry Tubman said, I have freed many slaves. I would have freed many more if only they knew they were slaves. You see how that works? If the command economy happens, and it is, it is happening. I mean, we see what the house is being bought up. Then the end result is going to be you owning nothing. Now, now, will you be happy with that? Right now, the answer is no, you won't be. The average person is going to be like, I need things to survive. So the idea is they can buy it all up, make you an indentured servant. You'll be forced to live at their uh, under uh, to, to, for, for their whims. They'll have wealth. They'll have power, much like North Korea or communist China. And there's nothing that'll ever change. They will remove your ability towards upward mobility. However, with the flow of information controlled, you'll be happy. You won't know. How could you be unhappy if you literally don't know? So what happens is you know you would be unhappy, but your children, they won't know better. They're going to grow up in this world and say, look at the problems of capitalism. It's all the fault of capitalism because these people did not live through the corruption of, say, the Democrats, the Biden administration, the neocons, the Republican Party in the 2000s. They didn't live through it. These kids are growing up today. They're seeing problems and they're being propagandized. You know what, what, what the Democrats really want is a command economy and the biggest threat to their communist takeover Corpianism, it's different. They have, you know, corporate entities in control. So it's kind of fascism a bit. The problem is classical liberalism. Those who believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those who believe in the rights of the individuals to know, the right to keep and bear arms, the right to free speech and religion. That is one of the biggest problems for the corpianists. Corpianist, maybe there's a better word for it. Comparate. I don't know, whatever. You get the point. You look at Canada, New Zealand, Australia. Apparently, Australia, uh, Victoria, I believe, is going to be instituting another lockdown soon. Canada, of course, has just been crazy. New Zealand, apparently, there's talk about like mandatory vaccination. In the US, you know why it's really hard to do? Constitution, the Bill of Rights. There are a lot of people who are trying to claim the US should have never broken off from Britain because then slavery would have ended sooner. Perhaps. And that's okay. All right. I, that, that, that may be true because uh, the UK ended slavery in 1833 in, in, in the entirety of the Commonwealth. So maybe that's true. But I'll tell you this. If we stayed as colonies of Britain and ended up like Canada, for the most part, a sovereign nation, they would easily just come in, implement all of their psychotic authoritarian rules, and you'd have no expectations, no culture built around that freedom. Canada was very much colonies of Great Britain and I believe France. But I believe Quebec was, uh, uh, was British. They didn't want to be a part of the revolution. I don't know a whole lot. I'm not going get to get into every little nitty gritty detail on what Canada was doing. I'm not, in a, I'm not a scholar of Canadian history. But these people do not have that culture of freedom because they never fought for it. They came out like pioneers, same as the people came out you know, to the United States. But they didn't, they didn't fight for their freedom. The people in Canada just said, I don't know, whatever. You know, certainly they had their war and their conflict. In the US, we fought for the freedom and many died. And it's fascinating because the people who are willing to die for that freedom, I wonder if they had children. 
a lot of young men, right? Those ideas and that, and that, and that maybe, maybe that really, really changed our society. Seeing so many people lay down their lives for their ideals had a profound impact on the, the, the sisters, the brothers, the wives, the mothers, the fathers, the pain they felt and the anger they felt from what the crown took from them. And they said, we will bear arms and we will never allow you to do something like this again. Of course, there were moral problems, I suppose, by today's standards. But to apply today's standards to the past would be kind of silly. We've greatly improved. But you have these people experience all that death from the revolution. And so it's ingrained in our culture that we will be free. And we're faltering every day. You see Black Lives Matter rising up. You see these powerful elite interests. They want to reclaim. They want to reclaim control. And you know what? To be completely honest, they probably did in the early 1900s uh, with the or what, what year was it? The Federal Reserve. Was that the 20s, actually? 1908. I don't know. You had the banker plot. You had, it was Smedley Butler. You had Jekyll Island. Yeah, they eventually, uh, the elites, powerful, uh, wealthy interests and you know, like the, the, the elites, you know, the rich people, the 1%, the 1%, we'll call them that, figured out how to gain control of the country through manipulation. And here we are. I don't know if um, there's a way out, but I can say with Donald Trump, it was interesting. You had somebody break through and that meant something, I guess. They freaked out. They're freaking out even more. Eric Weinstein tweeted, he said, I swear we had a completely different country just a few minutes ago or something like that. And I wonder, is this the moment that the communist insurgency finally gained enough power to destroy this country from the inside out. It's not just about controlling the presidency. It's about having enough people in the FBI. It's about having enough people in the FBI who support you, but also who are too scared to say anything against you, who go along with the manipulations and the authoritarianism. It's about politicians who would support it. It's about people in media who would lie. That's a a large effort. So I don't think it's a conspiracy. It's just an ideology that has reached far and wide, like any other ideology. The only problem is this one has no moral framework, so you will never be safe. This is an ideology that says if the collective wants, the collective takes at the expense of the individual. And if you can harm the individual to get what you want, eventually the grassroots is gutted. It rises to the top and the whole system collapses. And that's why communism fails. But there are clever things they do. Hybrid scenarios with corporate structures and the Communist Party and China seems to have figured out how to make authoritarianism last longer. Hopefully, individual liberties prevail, but we'll see. It all depends on whether or not you are willing to stand up and say, I, I, I will not accept these things from these extremists. To stand up and say, we do not accept Cuban communism. We'll see. And it also, uh, it also depends on whether or not you're willing to share this video and go to TimCast.com to become a member. I'm half kidding, but go ahead and do that. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Tucker Carlson is currently trending on Twitter for a variety of reasons. There's actually one main reason, however, and the rest are derivative, and it's that Tucker Carlson did a segment talking about the ongoing audit in Georgia and their findings. And what they found was shocking. In Georgia, I can't say any more about it. YouTube would ban me. Take this video down if I tell you exactly what was being talked about in Georgia. Welcome to communist America, I guess. But the video clip is still going viral where 
Tucker Carlson talks about what they found in Georgia pertaining to the election. Now, interestingly, I can still talk about a bit and I can talk to you about how the media is responding to this. They've started claiming that Tucker Carlson is trying to get people killed because he's an anti-vaxxer. They've started saying once again that ah, Tucker Carlson's a white supremacist and they're trying to deflect with this story about Donald Trump and Russia. It's really fascinating. News is coming out from Georgia and then all of a sudden we get this bombshell fake news about Vladimir Putin having compromat on Trump and pushing the mentally unstable Trump to be president because it was advantageous to them. And it is insane. I don't even believe it actually came from Russia. Now, as for Tucker Carlson, you search for him on Google and boy, do you find there's a lot of hate for the man. How Tucker Carlson became the voice of white grievance. How is it that there's news being reported? And this is what you get when you look up the man. Opinion based fake, hyper-partisan smear trash. I wish I could tell you more about what, was, what, was talk, what Tucker was talking about, but I can't. I can, however, show you the media's desperate attempt to deflect with this story. Kremlin papers appear to show Putin's plot to put Trump in the White House. <gasps> Exclusive documents suggest Russia launched secret multi-agency effort to interfere in U.S. democracy. I'd like to give you all a lesson on media literacy for those that may not be familiar. I assume most of you actually know what I'm going to say. You always got to look at the qualifying terms they use to describe things. Suggest. Keyword. Why would The Guardian in their bombshell story use the words appear to show and suggest? It's simple. It's not definitive. It's not factual. It's an opinion piece masquerading as news. That's right. This is, it's an opinion whether or not something suggests something. For instance, I tweeted out a graph and that graph showed COVID deaths in the US by age. That's it. I said nothing else. I th- Here's an interesting chart and I posted it. And boy, did the left lose their minds saying Tim Pool wants old people to die. I didn't even say anything. I just posted the raw data. And boy, did they snap. Facts. That's what I posted. That's it. The raw data with nothing else. No opinion, no framing, no statements. And they lost it. Now, look at this. How would you actually report this story? It would be allegedly leaked document claims uh, or you'd outright say document shows Vladimir Putin has compromat on Trump a veracity of document in question. I mean, that's the real story. A document gets leaked. We don't know if it's real. There's no confirmation. It defies all of the investigations we've already had. But to say that it appears to show something or that it suggests something, well, those are opinions. You can write about what the left and the right are saying about it. That's probably the appropriate way to analyze this. And I understand it's pretty tough because you're trying to report news and you might say it does appear to show this. And that could be a fact or an opinion. This is where the line gets really, really blurry. But when they say documents suggest, that's them basically saying we don't have any news to report. We have no way to prove this, but we want to report it anyway. Why clicks, baby? Maybe you shouldn't report on this stuff. Here's what they write. Vladimir Putin personally authorized 
a secret spy agency operation to support a mentally unstable Donald Trump in the 2016 U.S. presidential election during a closed session of Russia's National Security Council, according to what are assessed to be leaked Kremlin documents. You have no confirmation on this. They should lead with unconfirmed documents leak what we think about it, or at the very least, you shouldn't report on it unless you can literally confirm it. All you got to do is call up Russia. What's up with these documents? And if they say no comment, what do you do with it? I don't know. I'm reminded of uh, uh, people told me to watch this episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine called In the Pale Moonlight. Uh, on Timcast IRL, we got these super chats saying, you, you got to watch this. You got to watch this episode. I did. I'll just, spoiler alert, it's like a 30-year-old show, by, my, mind you. But it's basically, uh, don't worry if you're not a fan of the Star Trek stuff. It's, it's, it's a political concept that's, that's, that's important. The Federation is losing a war. So they decide to manufacture evidence to frame their enemies to force a third party to enter the war. To put it simply, this reeks of someone trying to make Trump and Russia look stupid and look bad. And I don't see why Vladimir Putin would release this. Now, perhaps I, I can, I can, well, I shouldn't say I, sh- I can't see, but I can make some, uh, I, I have some opinions. Maybe they know it will destabilize the, the U.S. by putting out these documents. It'll hyper, it'll, it'll push the hyper uh, partisanship in this country. Now, I can certainly say this. I believe beyond any reasonable assessment, this is fake news. The documents are likely fake for a variety of reasons. But one, if Russia actually thought Trump was an asset for them in the presidency, the last thing they would want is for paper trails to be leaked. And if there really was some grand scheme to manipulate the presidency of the United States by the Russians, I think they'd do a better job than just leak these documents. The documents could be fake. It could be a Russian psyop to, to gut the United States from within. Or it could be an enemy of Russia or Trump trying to make Trump look bad. The documents, however, themselves, probably not true. Again, I'll stress it. If they were true, Putin would want Trump to win again, not have documents come out making Trump look bad. The key meeting took place on 22, uh, January 22nd, 2016, the paper suggests, with the Russian president, his spy chiefs and senior ministers all present. They agreed a Trump White House would help secure Moscow's strategic objectives among them social turmoil in the U.S. and a weakening of the American president's negotiating position. It's interesting. Donald Trump sanctioned Russia and shut down their their gas pipeline, Nord Stream 2. And it was Joe Biden that has actually lifted those sanctions and allowed Russia to construct a gas pipeline while he shut down the Keystone uh, oil pipeline and harmed American energy independence. So uh, who's beholden to Russia? Russia's three spy agencies were ordered to find, a, find practical ways to support Trump in a decree appearing to bear Putin's signature. By this point, Trump was the front runner in the Republican Party's nomination race. A report prepared by Putin's expert department recommended Moscow use all possible force to ensure a Trump victory. Western intelligence agencies are understood to have been aware of the documents for some months and have carefully examined them. The papers seen by The Guardian seem to represent a serious and highly unusual leak from within the Kremlin. Media literacy time. These people are scum, scum of the earth. They don't know if it's real. They question the veracity of the documents. They publish them anyway with a high with a headline that suggests they are true. These people are scum, evil, evil people. It's insane to me. 
Because you've got so many dumb people who only read headlines because they are dumb as a box of rocks. But boy, do they vote. The Guardian says it's highly unusual, highly, highly unusual. And they appear to suggest you didn't confirm them. You did not confirm the authenticity of these documents, yet you're reporting on them. Why? It's what BuzzFeed did with the dossier. Said, well, all of these high-level individuals have it. The public should have it too. Turned out to be fake. And here we go again. Now back to my original point. Tucker Carlson says a whole lot. Ron DeSantis says a whole lot. And all of a sudden you get the tried and true method. Russia. That's the Democrat strategy. Vladimir Putin leaked a document which hurts his own strategy in the long run for some reason. Or somebody in Russia leaked the document, which just spare me, man. Look at this. The Guardian has shown the documents to independent experts who say they appear to be genuine. Incidental details come across as accurate. The overall tone and thrust is said to be consistent with Kremlin security thinking. So they don't know. Now, now let me slow down. I can respect to a certain degree an attempt to report on something, and you've tried to confirm it to the greatest degree possible. But you know what I think they absolutely need in this? They need to open with a line that says, the Guardian has attempted to verify these documents. However, we can't. Independent analysts believe they appear, say they appear to be genuine, but these could very well be forgeries. I'm sorry, the whole thing makes no sense. And I don't believe that the Guardian has actually done their standard due diligence for journalistic ethics, which is three sources to confirm a story. Remember that era? Or at least the, the, maybe we romanticize the past. They used to do three sources, which means you might get a leak, but you've got to then contact someone in Russia. Probably, I think you'd, you'd need government confirmation, which they would probably deny. Okay, then what are you going to do about it? So if, if to the best of your abilities, you can uh, you know, assess these and you think they're real, at least say it front and center in the headline. Unconfirmed documents in highly unusual leak appear to show Putin's plot to put Trump in the White House. Big bold letters, unconfirmed and highly unusual. The problem is that people read headlines and that's all they read. Luke Harding, Julian Borger, and Dan Sabig, really great job not confirming anything and reporting on what could very well just be fake. There's so many people in the world who could make a forgery. They said the Kremlin responded dismissively. Putin's spokesman, Dmitry Peskov, said that the idea that Russian leaders had met and agreed to support Trump in a meeting as early as 2016 was a great pulp fiction when contacted by The Guardian on Thursday morning. Amazing. Because now what you have is The Guardian saying it's unusual. The Guardian saying it suggests this happened. The Guardian saying we couldn't even confirm it. And the Guardian saying the Kremlin has dismissed it. But it's news to these people. Incredible. They say the report, number 32-04, is classified as secret. It says Trump is the most promising candidate from the Kremlin's point of view. The word in Russia is (laughs) perspectivny. There is a brief psychological assessment of Trump, who is described as an impulsive, mentally unstable and unbalanced individual who suffers from an inferiority complex. There is also apparent confirmation that the Kremlin possesses compromat or potentially compromising material on the future president. Collected, the document says, from Trump's earlier non-official visits to Russian Federation territory. The paper refers to certain events that happened during Trump's trips to Moscow. Security Council members are invited to find details in Appendix 5 at Paragraph 5. 
it is acutely necessary to use all possible force to facilitate his election to the post of U.S. president, the paper says. This would help bring about Russia's favored theoretical political scenario. A Trump win will definitely lead to the destabilization of the U.S.'s sociopolitical system and see hidden discontent burst into the open, it predicts. Really? So how did it leak? A highly unusual leak that even, even the Guardian admits. I, lo- I love the, the... They say there is no doubt that the meeting in January 2016 took place and that it was convened inside the Kremlin. An official photo of the occasion shows Putin at the head of the table, seated beneath a Russian Federation flag and a two-headed golden eagle. Russia's then Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev attended together with the veteran foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov. So here's the, here, I'll tell you the issues I take with this, first and foremost. They didn't confirm it. It was dismissed. We can't trust Russia. So what do we do with this document? I want to point out when they say it is unus- a highly unusual leak, also an opinion. You got to be able to understand opinion and fact. A fact, a fact statement would be apparent leak shows Putin meeting preferred Donald Trump to be president. And then honestly, if you can't confirm the details, then the real story I can tell you is Guardian purports to have unusually leaked documents from Vladimir Putin's private meeting suggesting Russia wanted or stating, I should say, that Russia wanted Trump to be president. There's a a lot to break down in this. For one, no evidence. Every single investigation we've had over the past five years has dismissed these claims. Yet now, all of a sudden, when we've got news breaking, there's this big distracting garbage piece. The documents overtly state that they want Trump to be president. They don't suggest it. Suggest is because they can't actually prove it, and they should never have written this article anyway. Anyway, Let's take a look at what, what we got some, some comments here. Michael Tracy says, quote, appears to show documents suggest assessed to be, aka the Guardian giving itself wiggle room in light of the strong likelihood that their reporting is based on a fraud, which is understandable given journalist Luke Harding's notoriously fraudulent track record. And Michael put it more succinctly, put it more succinctly, succinctly than I could. Basically, They are insulating themselves in the event it turns out this is actually a fraudulent document, a forgery, and they've never confirmed it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Why, why report on something you've not confirmed? I know. They want that juicy headline. They want to play the Russia garbage again. But oh, look at that. Fulton County is trending on Twitter. I wonder what's happening there. Sorry, can't tell you on YouTube. That's the reality. That's why we set up TimCast.com. So I'm sorry if you're mad that YouTube bans this stuff, but I don't know how else to tell you. Tracy points out, just amazing that Luke Harding could publish one of the most laughably fraudulent stories of the entire Russiagate saga in 2018. Quote, Manafort met Assange in Ecuadorian embassy, and much of the U.S. media will completely ignore that fact in their zeal to hype this latest whopper. That's right. Harding. Apparently, he wrote that story, uh, Michael Tracy says. We'll be careful here. 
that uh, uh, Manafort met Assange. The funny thing is Manafort didn't. It was denied by everybody. And there was no evidence he actually did. Isn't that weird? How they just make stuff up. It's great. My friends, I would like to take you on a uh, magical voyage to r slash politics. Ah, r slash politics. It is supposed to be a place where 7.6 million people on Reddit can discuss political issues. Actually, it's just a it's, it's like the inversion of the Donald. The Donald got banned. Well, on the subreddit, the Donald, which moved to the Donald.win and now is, a, now is Patriots.win, they talk about why they like populism, America first, Donald Trump. Politics is the opposite of that. So here's the story. Kremlin leak appears to confirm existence of Trump compromat. All right. Here's the first comment. Biggest confirmation was the degree of Russian collaboration in the NRA. That was enough to tell me the GOP is already gone. Russian collaboration in the NRA? You mean that one lady who like hung out with some people and then was accused of being a spy? Look at how dumb these people are. They walk around acting like they, they truly live in this world where the intelligence agencies are telling them the truth all the time. Bro, if that were the case, we wouldn't have top secret information. If, 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 if there's a plane crash and then we have confidential information on it, rest assured you're not being told the truth. I'm not saying that to, to imply, to impugn on the honor of the intelligence agencies. There's a reason why we have classified information and I can respect that. But then to assume the government's telling you the truth all the time is absurd. Of course they're not. Sometimes, sure. I just, I just love Russia fed illegal dark money through the NRA. The NRA gave that money to Republicans. Oh, blah, blah, blah. These people are absolutely insane. Trump verbally attacked pretty much every, everything in the world. The, mo- the, the most closest allied countries, whole American states or cities. Hey, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that one's true. Trump has got a mouth. There's a bunch of, uh, a bunch of comments that are very, very funny, right? Fox News. Kremlin report finds that Trump is the most promising candidate. Uh, here, here's one they say calls Trump impulsive. Some of the comments point out that they're like, Trump supporters will never accept this. The, uh, you know, they're, they're compromised. They're in a cult. Let me see if I can actually find, you know, I, I don't think it, I don't think it's actually on r slash politics entirely because they have the, the actual guardian story. I think they do. There was one where all the comments were basically saying Trump cultists will never accept it. Uh, here we go. This leak suggests that the Kremlin thinks Trump is a spent asset, IMO. They want the public to know what they did to project power and destabilize the American electorate. Why? Maybe, maybe. I mean, that's, that's absolutely one of the possibilities here. But then why deny it? I guess that's the, that's the, the simple solution, actually. They want people on the right to say it's not real, people on the left to say it is real, and there you go. I don't think it matters, though. I think this is absolutely pointless. The reality is, in my opinion, that we are on the precipice of great civil war. Well, I said um, a while ago that we were on the precipice, then we've fallen off the precipice. And I think that the important thing to understand is that those precipices are actually staggered. It's like Homer Simpson bouncing down the Springfield Gorge when he tried to jump it on Bart's skateboard, if you get the reference. What's happening is there was a point where the country was divided, but there were still bridges and I said, we're on the precipice about to fall off. And when that happened, it was the bridge is all snapping and breaking as the divide grew even further. Now, we're once again standing on the edge. When we fall from here, it's conflict. It's war. What has Joe Biden been saying over and over and over again? 
that we face the greatest threat since the Civil War, that the, the, the Confederacy never breached the Capitol like the insurrectionists did. Absolutely trying to frame it as though we are in the Civil War. Here's one. This comment says, hot off the press, Republican talking points in response. Fake news, Hunter Biden, dementia, her emails, socialism, critical race theory, stop the steal. Don't forget cancel culture. They say we should get Jeremy Piven to update PCU to make cancel culture community college, blah, blah, blah. Fake news. Um, the Guardian didn't even confirm this. So how can I call it real news? I'll answer that. Hunter Biden has, has nothing to do with this story on Russia, but sure, Hunter Biden flew on Air Force Two to China and was engaged in a lot of nefarious deals. These are all fact. They're all proven fact. I mean, the information is out there. It's confirmed. Multiple news outlets confirmed. Hunter Biden is crooked. Dementia. Having nothing to do with Russia, but yeah, Joe Biden's brain don't work. Her emails. This is the funniest thing to me. I don't need to deflect off of what's what's happening with this with this Russia story because they've not confirmed anything. What am I supposed to do? Sit here and go, wow, they've proved they didn't prove anything. It's nothing. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if someone did this just to get clicks for The Guardian. That's probably why they're reporting it. So it's is it possible that that the Kremlin is baiting us? Absolutely. And that Trump is a spent asset. That's what they're saying. Is it possible Uh, that I don't think so, because I don't think Trump ever was really an asset for Russia. He sanctioned them. He didn't want to go to war with them. That was good, I guess. Good for us and them. I love it. Hillary Clinton got away with destroying public records. Socialism. Yes. The DSA is praising Cuba's communist regime, and so is Black Lives Matter. Critical race theory. Well, if you're in favor of segregation, stop the steal. Okay, that one I don't much care for. I don't like the idea of, you know, let me, let me put it this way. There's a lot going on with these audits. I really look forward to seeing what happens. YouTube won't let me tell you. We'll, we'll have some conversations over at TimCast.com talking about this probably uh, tonight. And eventually, once the new site launches in about a week, we'll have a lot more articles popping up. Of course, rest assured, the fact checkers will claim that our opinions are wrong while the Guardian's opinions are right. I'll, t- I'll put it this way. The Guardian just published unconfirmed garbage. They couldn't get any confirmation. They couldn't get anyone to tell them it was 100% legit. They just don't know. And they publish anyway. And they make a bunch of claims about appears to be and suggests because it could be fake. Now, if I come out with an article that says Guardian report appears to show forged documents incriminating Trump, the fact checkers will claim I lied because that's how the machine works. Here's what we need to do. We need our own fact checkers. I'm going to be launching as part of this expansion fact checking. I'm going to make an independent website with uh, probably a couple fact checkers. We're going to go through the point. We're going to follow all the guidelines for the Pointer Institute, point, Pointer Institute, get certified as fact checkers, and then we're going to start fact checking this stuff. And you know what I can say to this? I can say missing information. When the story pops up on Facebook, it will have a flag saying the story lacks key information. And it'll say what you need to know. There is no confirmation these documents are genuine. And in fact, it could be, according to the article itself, an attempt to manipulate us with fake news. If that's the case, why the did The Guardian publish this? Yeah, I don't know either. Oh, that Tucker Carlson stuff's interesting, though. Hmm. Maybe you can Google it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.